Welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Joe Wilson. That's Jackie Wilson. That's <laughs> Joe. Got it, yes. And this is episode 178, I believe, of Concert Pipeline Podcast. Christ alive. I know, right? How is it? That's more episodes than you have downloads, bro. <laughs> Thanks. Oh! Wow. Zing from the beginning, huh? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> I'll be roasting all night, folks. Great. Yes, this is a special episode where we're featuring uh, content and discussion about Andrew McMahon in the wilderness and his friends Zach Clark, Bob Oxblood, and Alan Stone. Is Oxblood his last name? No, see, so his last That's name was Bobby Ross. Yeah, I know. Bobby Ross. Bobby Ross Anderson, yeah. Raw is not his last name, no. No, no, but I thought Raw was his stage name. That's why I was like, oh. when did he change Raw is also a nickname, yeah. Yeah, but his stage name is now Oxblood. But when did that happen? When did that? I, change? you know, when he started getting big time. <laughs> is he big time? I don't know. Probably not. But his shit's good, though. Yeah, really good. He is a good musician. This was a great show. It was at the Fillmore. Yes. And not our first time seeing Andrew at the Fillmore. I mean, I've lost count. Yeah. Honestly, this is probably the tenth time. I've seen him there a lot. I mean, quite a few times. Over yeah. ten years ago was the first time. That's good. He shared a, a yeah. unique story though tonight. He talked about coming up, fourteen years old to San Francisco and, and watching a sound check on the Fillmore stage. He mentioned that last time though. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he mentioned it, but not in the same way. Um, it's kind of the same. Uh, really? Kind of the same. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, no, it's fine. I can be wrong. I can be wrong. <laughs> I mean, it was familiar, but it just seemed like... He, he did not mention which chandelier he was under this time, which last time he pointed out the chandelier on the right side uh, of the venue. Nice. Where, where he was when he saw a band sound check and, uh, and his, knew his that... English teacher's mom's band? I don't what? think it was a mom's band. No, like someone's not. band? Son's band. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mother band, yeah. Whose band is I want to do this for the rest of my life. It's been a long day. I'm very tired. Uh, yeah. yeah. You watch Grandpa rock out. Um, all right, anyway, so where were we? We were talking about Andrew McMahon. And so, In the show. Yeah. So this is a unique uh, show where it was all acoustic, and he brought his friends along to play some music. Right. Hence the title, Andrew McMahon and Friends. Yes, and uh, they played a bunch of each other's songs, largely Andrew's stuff, of course. But well, they had they had a fair amount of crossover. But like the whole, so the whole thing was was a, it was like a, it was like a stage performance. It was a shtick. Yeah. Um, like they came out and there was a set on stage, and it was Andrew came out to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood theme, came in, changed his shoes, threw on a sweater, took his blazer off, threw on a sweater. Um, and then went into this little, you know, monologue about how we're all neighbors and how music brings us all together. I uh, loved it. Which was great. It was great. It was so, like, it was very artsy-fartsy, but that is very Andrew McMahon. I like that you got it with a sweater, because on the way here you were confused about the difference between sweater yeah, and I'm sweatshirt. Yeah, a moment of clarity. <laughs> yeah. Don't think too much of it, because I'll, by the end of this car ride, I'll be like, where am I? Um, I mean, I didn't. I couldn't remember that I'd already heard that story from Andrew in the same venue the last time we saw him a year ago. So right. don't listen to anything I'm saying. But um, yeah, after after his little intro uh, started kicking ass, um, and he was just Andrew for a little bit, um, and then he changed it up and brought out uh, first was uh, what? Oh, left on. I left my phone under your chair. Yeah, I heard it go. We're driving back to Napa from the Fillmore. Okay. <laughs> well, why does it matter? Do you? Oh, for direction. Yes. Okay. Well, I knew it was a left on Lombard. You said that, and then okay. this is all the way to the 101. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. right. Oh, yes. Then proceed. Yeah, we're good. Don't run her over. I will not run. In San Francisco, over. people everywhere. <laughs> yeah. They want to get run over. Narrating our drive home. Uh, yeah. Well, that's standard. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, I mean, you cut all that, right? <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. It's a raw. It's always a raw cut. Unless yeah. I say something, then I'm like, take that out and put it in anyway. <laughs> Leave it in. That's the point. Um, right. So, who came out on stage first? Help me. So, first out on stage was Andrew, remember? No, no, no. Oh, second. Okay. I mean, after okay, the, who was the first to join Andrew on The first to join Andrew was Bobby. Yeah. Was it Bob? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really? I think Bobby was second, because he came out to like bad or whatever like he came out to some weird like hip hop oh, right. yeah. right. okay, exactly. was the first one out yeah. yeah 
Zach is Andrew's keyboardist uh, in Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Yeah, and he looks like a fucking wizard. He does. Uh, that's he, has a, he has a great voice. I don't know really heard his voice. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> we'll get to that. We're going through the segments of the show. No, it's okay. He does yeah. have a great voice, though. Let us know when you want to. Whenever you want to segue into a song, we can. We're, we're going to hear a couple of songs. So probably about so, five songs or so from the show. So this tour was a love letter from Pander to his fans. Uh, truly, uh, acoustic tour, right, with him and his buddies. Um, playing all their stuff and having a lot of fun yeah. and doing their little their little like comedy bits between oh. songs. It was pretty funny. Hilarious. There were some you know what's funny is you saw their reactions to the things they were saying. Like a lot of bands do that kind of stuff on tour, right? Yeah. Where they have their little like jokes and they kinda run through the making fun of each other on stage bits and just goofing off. But um, there were some really genuine laughs tonight in response to some of the things they said to each other and it was great yeah it was really great uh, Bobby Rob at one point misspoke calling it San Diego he said that he had well there was that and then he also said he was a granddad oh yeah like oh actually I'm a godfather he said grandfather right, and right. grandfather and uh, they, Andrew just made the joke about how Bobby was uh, and how much older he was than all of them when he shepherded them on their first something corporate tour after William Tell left the band. Yeah, and I, you know, I had the opportunity to, the first time I interviewed Andrew years ago was actually Bobby's first show with something corporate back in the day. In San Jose. Nice. What venue? It was at the Edge Nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we, the when we went there? The Edge is such a disaster. Yeah, we, we saw uh, Zach Wilde there. We did. Black Label Society. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, first out uh, was Mr. Wizard. Second out was Bobby Raw. Um, and third out was Alan Stone. And Alan Stone stole the show tonight for me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, on multiple levels. Like, he, he his rendition of Babe Ruth. Well, I mean, what the fuck? Oh, that was hilarious. It was amazing. There was a moment in the show where Andrew was talking to uh, Alan Stone. Well, Alan Stone was dressed up as Babe Ruth. Yeah. Regaling him with fake stories. Uh, and go to Papa Roach. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Was so bizarre, but fun. And great. And, um, yeah, it was fucking, it was awesome. Yeah. It was like, you know... All the good, all the good songs that you want to hear on a tour. We should, we should one of those. We should play one now. What do you think? First song we're gonna to listen to is "Dark Blue" by Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Here it is.
that was great. The next song we're going to listen to is I'm Ready, yeah, so which was earlier in the show. Yeah, but so talk about this song a little bit. Let's, uh, uh, tell me about your history with the song. My history with I'm yeah, Ready? Yeah, where, you, where does it take you back to? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's off of the first Jack Mannequin album, and uh, I mean every song off that album takes me right back to uh, being 21 and having to move back to Napa and live at my parents' house. And uh, yeah, it, just, it was uh, it was a big time of change in my life. You know, I just moved home, which was something I had never wanted to do, but didn't really have a choice. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to school uh, at the JC and was working three nights a week and in and out. It was just uh, kind of bumming around and working on, on me and kind of doing my own thing. Um, I remember Ben lived in the house, which was cool. Like, I got to spend, like, a good number of months hanging out with Ben. Um, your brother? Yeah, yeah, my brother. Uh, but, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. What about you? So... So we've gone through different phases, uh, early on anyway, with, with Andrew, like, I mean, you introduced me to his music, actually live on public access television in Napa, um, and at first it didn't connect with me, but see, I, I, I would say from the moment I saw him live at the Fillmore the first time. It wasn't Smash Brothers. Hey, right. <laughs> and, uh, look at this guy. You see that? Did he just stop it? Right yeah, here. I mean, that guy's driving like a moron, the other guy had to whip around him. Yeah. Um, so it took a minute for it to connect with me, and then um, and then uh, Jack's mannequin comes around, and, uh, and Andrew came to do an interview in my apartment, and and he played that small show, that small tour. There's a couple of shows, but in the Bay Area, it was at the bottom of the hill. And I think you saw him at like the small Soma or something on that same tour. Is that right? Um, yeah, I saw him at Selva in San Diego. But it, but it, that album still didn't connect for you until at least, probably at least a year later? That was less than that. Okay. It wasn't until after I moved home, which was, I moved home in August, and you gave me the copy of the album in, like, February. Right. Um, and I saw that tour, um, I saw that show on that tour, I think also in February, maybe, maybe late. February or it, it, it was May when I saw him, um, so had to have been around then. Yeah. May 2005. Okay. It sounds about right. And so, uh, not that it didn't connect, I just wasn't in that place. Like, yeah. I liked it, but I wasn't like, this, this makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once I, I mean, once I obviously had some change, and like, that whole album is about change, right? Everything in transit, uh, transitioning from one thing to another. Um, and, definitely clicked um, and it, it is still my favorite album he's ever produced yeah absolutely. the best record he's ever cut in my opinion absolutely and it you know it connects with me uh, and we've, I've talked about this before with you and I think on the pod I'm sure as well but because uh, I mean I mean it's a, it's a great album but also like to me I haven't had a lot of death in my life and to me, I, at that point, when, I mean, when he played, I remember the date, it was May 10th, 2005, you know, he was in my apartment, and then two weeks later, he was, Andrew was diagnosed with acute lymphatic leukemia. He had it while you were talking to him. Yeah, and, and so, and I read, literally dying. and I read about it on, on Polestar.com, and it just, like, hit me really hard, like, you know, because of his, his music, my connection to his music, and also, the fact that, you know, I envisioned um, him, you know, not being around to uh, to be able to make music for people that, you know, his music made people so happy, right? So so you were sad about the loss? I, you know, I envisioned that loss, and, you know, and, you know, and that album was, I mean, just so, like, it came right before. He finished that album, at, you know, right before he, wa- and he walked out of the studio, and he had, his phone had been blown up by his doctor saying, call me as soon as you get this. And, uh, you know, and when he got his phone, doctor on the phone, the doctor was like, are you sitting down? You know, and told him, you know, he had cancer. Yeah, he tells that story yeah. on the Dear Jack. Uh, yeah. Documentary. Documentary. Um, 
Yeah, I would say that, I mean, what's weird about that time and when that happened was, like, uh, he had produced some some records that had resonated with a certain, a very small demographic. Uh, he by no means was, you know, famous or even celebrity at that point. He was a, you know, pretty small-time musician. Um, but he built a small cult following, right? There's, you know, people who are hardcore fans who have been fans of him forever. As evidenced by the fact that he was playing songs he wrote, you know, he was playing songs tonight that he had written 15 years ago. So he's always had his, his niche. Um, and only recently did he grow into, you know, somebody who, who's really on the verge of stardom. Um, even though he's had all this tremendous talent for years and produced all this great music, he's finally kind of getting his dues. I mean, he's paid his dues. He's finally getting his reward for paying his dues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously his Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness stuff is way poppier. Um, he opened up with great buildings, actually, which he played sitting cross-legged with, a, like, it looked like a Casio synthesizer keyboard. Um, just... Uh, it was a small like desk light yeah. pointed at him and it was it was crazy it was really cool it was really just made the night start out so intimate right like just well that was what he was shooting for yeah. it was just I really thought it was bravely um, executed because yeah, that's a tough song to sing and, and that would have been a really um, you know it's a weird way to go into a show for a guy who usually has a ton of energy and jumps all over the stage and jumps off the piano and um it worked though. It worked yeah. really well. It's cool. Uh, so I think you recorded that. I did. Right? Oh yeah, we should listen to it. You want to listen to that one? Yeah, listen to that. Okay.
Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Stephen Kennedy, you're out. You're cut. You're cut. You're cut from the episode. Jackie fell out of the car about three miles back. We missed missed it. We didn't realize. Jackie has... It's not easy to hear you guys back here either. Jackie's resigned herself to um, retiring from the pod early. Um, So we were going to talk about Alan Stone a little bit. So, So Jackie... (laughs) <laughs> bought me tickets to go see Andrew last summer at uh, the Mondavi Summer Concert Series, which was really awesome. She bought them for me for my birthday, which was a great birthday present. The July 4th show, there were fireworks too, right? I believe they played July 3rd. Okay. No, no, it was the no, first. I was going to say it was the day before my birthday. But yeah, they had fireworks afterwards. It was really fun. Yeah, they did. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. It was it was awesome. So what was great about it, though was that we get, we went to the show, we had tickets, we were gonna be there for the whole thing, and we started listening to the opener, Alan Stone. Um, and almost immediately we both decided that it was pure gold. Um, the dude's voice is incredible, his range is amazing. Yeah. Um, he's very goofy, had a lot of fun with the show with the crowd and the audience when he was playing live. So we immediately um, got it. I, I mean, I went and downloaded his album shortly thereafter and started listening to it. It's, it's excellent. It's very well produced. Um, musically, it's very tight. And, and the energy of these openers that have, you know, good energy um, and good stage presence and, uh, as well. And, um, I mean, so I, I listened to Alan Stone. I hadn't seen him live, right? But after your recommendation, I listened to him a little bit, and I was like, that sounds a lot like another opener that Andrew had uh, brought out on a tour, uh, um, Eric Hutchinson, that I got into as well. And you listened to a little little bit of Eric and kind of saw the similarities, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely no Alan Stone. But yeah. Sure. But that's because Alan Stone is, a, is on the verge. On the verge. Um, He's on the verge. He's on the verge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be big, man. That guy's super, super yeah. talented. Did you think it Playing in the grocery store? I went into Walgreens the other day. <laughs> he was playing in Walgreens? Yeah. yeah. He himself was playing. Yeah. No, uh, Upside Down was playing in Walgreens. It, it blew my mind. I was sitting there waiting to pick up photos, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, start singing in, in Walgreens, and that would happen now. I mean, I was pretty excited, but like, I wasn't going to try to like communicate with the crowd or something. <laughs> No. Hey, random person, do you know who this is? Right. <laughs> You're going to someday. Oh, you will. No, they won't. <laughs> um, so so they all play music together. That was one of the things they talked about in the show. Uh, and one of the things that, that was really cool was that they all, you know, kind of broke off and did duets in different songs. And uh, Alan Stone played a song uh, with the Wizard Man. The Wizard Man. Who's his name, Zach? Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Because uh, that's what I think of when I look at him. Yeah. He's definitely going for the candle. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And everything. Tall, he's committed. Yeah. All wiry fellow. Yeah. Uh, he shaves that beard like you would have no, never recognized him. No, no. He should never shave that beard. No. It works. Yeah. Um, but they played a song. Uh, what was it called again? It's in the... I, yeah, no, I forgot. Oh, Stephen. You got to go back on you, buddy. I know. We're, we're going to get it. We're all back. Yeah. Alan Stone... I know that I wasn't right. Yeah, they played a song together. Uh, they, they said they wrote this together. Was, this was two minutes. Yeah, they wrote together about four years ago. Said, uh, it was a really good song, right? It was great, so we should listen to that. Let's do it. Falling back. Crowd surfing every time. I'm questionably part time. 
Stone. And by the way, we didn't mention how he kind of his his appearances in the performance, which are really cool. Like his first appearance, he poked out of like a window that had a a picture over it. Like he took the picture off of the wall, the fake wall, and popped his head out uh, and was uh, just singing back up. You know, uh, it was uh, it was really cool. And then when he was actually coming out to perform a little later in the show, he uh, he was up on the balcony. Uh, which isn't, you know, like the audience isn't up there or anything, but it's this private. That was, that was his grand entrance. Yeah. He had a spotlight yeah. thing opposite Andrew. Yeah. And then he walked down through the crowd and, uh, <laughs> and was singing and then stopped to talk to people along the way. You know, it's pretty funny. Bobby Oxblood, um, he asked Les 
uh, you know, interesting, I guess, intros. But like I said, I, I feel like Alan Stone stole the show. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Andrew was the star, but. Anyway, Bob played a song called Stay. Yeah. Uh, that he said that he's written for God, Children, one of them, I believe. So, um, yeah. Listen to that. Okay. Could be from space as well. Is that 
an accurate statement? No. no. I don't think that's accurate. No. It's from Ohio. <laughs> it's Ohio, okay. No, but uh, Andrew does really like the surreal, um, and he really likes the idea of adventure, I think. Um, what better to combine those two things in outer space? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that, um, I think it's a good song. I think we should listen to it and call it high. All right, here it is. Comments uh, in between singing lyrics. 
Yeah, and, and this gal in front of us, luckily you saved her, but she wanted to yell out Constantine. She was trying to work you up to, like, help me yell out Constantine. She turned around and was like, okay, guys. This is where we do it. Right. And we were like, I, was, yeah. I shut her shit down. I felt bad, but yeah. I kept it real. Yeah, and her only plays Constantine. Well, one time a year, yeah, and it's November 11th show, Dear Jack Benefit, which, let's talk about Dear Jack for a second, and, uh, it's his charity that he's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, through at this point and saved lives uh, through people. He matches bone yeah. marrow transplant uh, yeah. recipients, so someone's looking for it you put in and they'll match you with somebody if they ever come in up in the registry and needing your bone marrow. So that's what saved his life. Um, he got a bone marrow transplant from his sister. Um, and the type of cancer that he had, uh, you can't survive if even one cell of the cancer lives in your body. Um, so it's very intense radiation therapy and uh, uh, chemotherapy. Um, combined with this bone marrow transplant. And it was risky for him to even try the transplant, right? Like, Yeah, because, well, transplant puts your body into surgery, it exposes your already weakened immune system. Because, you know, part of the way you die when you have cancer is from infection. So, um, puts your body in, you know, trauma mode on top of already being really sick and weak from chemicals. You know, the poison you're taking to kill the cancer. So it's pretty fucking awful. Um, and if you guys have never seen it, Dear Jack documentary. It's on Netflix. Definitely check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's really fucking good. It's yeah. definitely worth checking out. So, um, anyway, so he did wrestling dream and kind of trained in the crowd. That was fun. But then he came to starting with cancer. Uh, and he talked about um, 22 years old sitting with the doctor who was like, hey, you're going to need to make some sperm before you go into the treatment process. Uh, and Andrew's reaction was like, uh, you know, his mom was sitting there, he told a funny story, but he was like, all right, let's do it, and did it. I mean, initially, he kind of argued with the doctor, was like, let me just get this over with, and he was like, give me the treatment, and the doctor was like, uh, to be your doctor, I need you to see the future, basically. Yeah, it's weird that he, you know, didn't have that on his own, I mean, he's 22 years, you know, rock star, I mean. I know, right? Do you think that he saw himself 13 years in the future? Sure, at that point, when you get that news, you're just like, okay, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do, let's move forward, right? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's terrifying, I'm sure. Um, and he talked about how it wasn't like this inspirational thing that like changed his life for the better, he said that really sucked. Um, which I thought was a pretty interesting take on it, but then he said that the one thing that has made him feel um, like that struggle was worth it his daughter, Cecilia, um, who apparently I didn't know was in vitro. Oh, you you didn't know until tonight? I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Revealed, revealed fact. Facts revealed. How'd you miss that one? Just curious. It, I don't know. Didn't get the memo? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Intersterile? I had no idea. Right? Yeah, I mean, it was shocking for sure. But it also makes sense because I know... I know. The chemo treatment fucks you up um, and kills your balls, but it just, I never put two and two together. Yeah. Never figured that out, so. Well, he made it very clear tonight through his uh, his telling of the tale of how she came to be. Classic. Um, uh, and then he, he went out on Cecilia. No, he didn't go out on Cecilia. No, he, he said he was going okay. to get with the base to play the yeah, most but anyway, Cecilia's satellites are going to take us out tonight. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, so... Good, good show. And, uh, thanks for driving, Steve Jones. Yeah, of course. Thanks for, for going. Yeah. Do this again next year, yeah? Yeah. Uh, until then, that's Stephen Jones. That's Joe Wilson. Have a good night.
Yeah.